0: Today on the Tearsheet podcast.
1: What's new now is we're developing um, direct consumer capabilities with the tools. So, mm-hmm. let's say, for instance, you buy a, uh, a product. So let's say you do the Microsoft Xbox uh, subscription service, which we, mm-hmm. we support through, through our capabilities. And then you want to go buy uh, that next thing. You have the ability uh, on Citizens Pay to go use Citizens Pay in another instance. Um, and in, in that instance with, with Microsoft, it could be in any other, um, uh, thing that they make available under
0: citizens pay. Welcome to the Tearsheet podcast. I'm Tearsheet editor in chief Zach Miller. With all the excitement around buy now, pay later citizens bank stands out among a small number of banks with an offering in the space. The firm has been providing point of sale financing since 2016, and has issued over $6 billion to more than 5 million accounts. Citizens Pay is expanding in the US through more partnerships with merchants in new verticals like health and fitness retailers and home contractors. I'm joined on the podcast today by Eric Schopenhauer, Citizens President of Consumer Lending and National Banking. He shares some more insight on Citizens Pay and how the bank is positioned in the space. We discuss trends in the industry and what's propelling consumers and businesses to adopt this form of payment. Lastly, Eric delves into his expansion strategy for the firm and the bank's plans to further embed its services into its partners' businesses in the future. Eric Schopenhauer is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast.
1: Uh, my name is Eric Schopenhauer. I, I lead consumer lending and our national expansion here at Citizens Bank. Uh, and you know, prior to this, I uh, had been at, at Capital One and at J.P. Morgan Chase, as well as a variety of, of other roles prior prior to that. Um
0: so I, we're here to talk about the rebranding of, of Citizens Pay. Can we talk about sort of the history of that product and, and what's new now?
1: Yeah, so uh, Citizens Pay, we're, we're very excited about the launch of Citizens Pay. And, and in particular, this is not something that we're new at. We've been in this business, uh, the, the point of sale merchant space since 2016. Uh, and what Citizens Pay enables us to do is, is to provide a solution to customers uh, that, that allows them to, to go to any merchant uh, as we go forward and provide that ubiquity of, of experience. Uh, so while we've, we've really honed our, our, uh, our product to date on helping merchants grow their business, this is just another way for merchants to be able to grow as well as customers to be able to use another form of payment beyond credit card. Uh, what we've, we've learned is that customers don't really want to open up a next credit card, uh, take on more debt, They want to have a better transparency of the capability uh, that's provided. And a lot of times that's through a point of sale solution. Uh, And, and that point of sale solution is, is not just an online experience, uh, although it, it actually has its, it's maybe founding components in in an online environment. We're finding that it's, it's very powerful in a physical uh, sense as well. So physical stores and uh, while, you know, Again, I think it'll be dominated by online experience. Mm-hmm. The, the reality is it'll, it'll be as meaningful in a physical sense as we so, go forward.
0: So you've been in this business for years. Like what, What's new now with, with this announcement?
1: Yeah, you know, what, what's new now is we're developing um, direct consumer capabilities with the tools. So mm-hmm. let's say, for instance, you buy a, uh, a product. So let's say you do the Microsoft Xbox uh, subscription service, which mm-hmm. we, we support through, through our capabilities. And then you want to go buy uh, that next thing. You have the ability uh, on Citizens Pay to go use Citizens Pay in another instance. Um, and in, in that instance with, with Microsoft, it could be in any other um, uh, thing that they make available under Citizens Pay. Uh, and then so you have an open line uh, with this capability uh, to be able to, to, to go anywhere uh, and do anything with, with your financing option. But it's, it's usually single payment. Um, and where you, you know it's single product single payment type of approach uh, that just provides a level of transparency and also make sure that the customer doesn't feel like they're maybe getting out of control uh, with with spending uh, in any particular way
0: so so in our coverage of, of this space um, it definitely seems like exactly what you're saying um, it's it's methodology for customers who don't necessarily want to take on more debt, um, and it does feel more controllable, I guess, than than revolving credit card debt. Are, are you seeing that from your demographics? Like, who who's using Citizens Pay?
1: Uh, we see all demographics using it. So while it does skew, uh, it, it, you know, f- f- to a to a younger audience because they're more digitally native, uh, we're seeing that, especially uh, with COVID nineteen, uh, a lot of uh, people are starting to use this capability. They're finding it more uh, as they're shopping online, and it's just easy. It's understandable, uh, and it's seamless in terms of how a customer can just utilize it uh, to to make a larger ticket purchase. Uh, and and you know, from a merchant standpoint, it's a win as well because then you've got customers potentially upsizing their mm-hmm. their cart, uh, which is which is a win win. A win for the customer because they feel like they've got really clear terms, and easy experience embedded in the product experience, as well as the ability uh, to, to, to buy a little bit more than they would have otherwise have done and the merchant wins uh, because they sell more product. Uh, so it, it's a fantastic all, uh, product all the way around.
0: Um, and it's, it's been a very exciting time in the whole industry. Um, you, know, you had one of your competitors, a firm go public this month. I know Klarna is gearing up for an IPO. Um, how do you envision citizens, um, I guess, position in, in the marketplace vis-a-vis some of the, your com- competition?
1: Yeah, well, you know, what's, what's uh, distinctive about citizens providing this is we're one of the only banks uh, in, in the space. And, and with a bank comes the liquidity, uh, the funding capability to, to provide a lower cost uh, in this than many of these other players are able to do just with bank level financing. Uh, we also have a tremendous amount of credit and fraud capability because I, I think people underestimate you know, that the slick front ends are, are one thing. It's the capability that sits beneath for you to be able to run this in a, in a really high quality way uh, to make instantaneous decisions that are also safe uh, as we look at the credit and fraud profile uh, that occur, occur in the marketplace. And our fraud tools and our credit tools are, are very substantial based on our years and years of lending experience. Uh, we also um, don't just take this as a one-size-fits-all uh, approach where we just stamp, here's the solution. Uh, we we tailor certain solutions for merchants. So in a lot of the discussion, what our uh, merchants have been telling us is, we like the amount of time you spend with us to help get us get it right and to be about our product flow, not about yours. And so that's been a point of distinction. Now, I think anybody can do that. You don't have to be a bank to do that. Um, but it's a, the approach that we have selected as we've gone to market. And, uh, and by the way, as we think about this with a customer first mentality, uh, if, you, if you kind of put the customer at the, the top of this thing, all the other stuff uh, you know is, is fantastic in terms of bringing that solution forward. And we think it's distinctive. Um, and, and it will continue to set us apart as we, we grow. I mean, By the way, we wish all the others um, a lot of good luck. I think there's a huge market setting up here, Zach. Uh, it, you know the, the, some estimates put a uh, two hundred fifty billion dollar uh, total addressable market inside of the u s and and that seems uh like very substantial. I think we have all we all have a lot of room to compete in
0: and I guess given that market size, do you envision other banks sort of following your lead
1: you know it's interesting we've seen a lot of uh banks uh indicate that they have an interest um, and but I, I, one, I would say credit and fraud models have to be a tad bit different than just pure credit card. Um, and so that's one of the things that they, they probably stare at. Uh, I, I think also, um, in in some banking context, it's whether they're going to cannibalize some component of their card base. We have a relatively small card portfolio, so we we, we thought about how to go create a next-gen business without much um, concern about what it would do with our card portfolio. I. I Again, I, I would say um, it, it's something that we would expect other banks would come into. Uh, it, some banks have actually started to venture in based on taking some component of their card business and, and leveling the payments uh, across uh, their, their, uh, for their customers, you know, taking it off the revolving line and, and putting it into a more fixed line. Uh, but we think folks will tiptoe in around um, this, this area. Uh, we've got a pretty solid foothold. We're happy with our foothold. Uh, and as I said, there's a big market, uh, that's emerging. I I think there's a lot of space for a lot of players.
0: Yeah. I definitely understand that concern for cannibalization of of the card portfolio. Do you guys see, um, synergies between these products, both on the merchant side and and on the consumer side? Like, is this a way in for new customers or is this like an additional product or additional service that you're giving existing customers?
1: Exactly, Zach. Um, uh, w- w- well put, and that's the way we think about it. is It's it's about the customer, you know. So to the extent that we can actually um, create some more level of of connectivity with the customer base and start to serve their needs uh, in in more ways than maybe just that single point of sale. So the the notion of citizens pay is is giving them uh, some ability for repeat behavior, upgrades, um, single single-use installment loans, as well as the ability to, to um, do some other capabilities, uh, that's, that's great. But there are other lending products, and there are other things that they may want to do for which we have capabilities. And we would expect that they would want to, to have us serve those needs um, in time. And it's the network effect uh, of it all, right? And that's the way we think about this solution, but with a customer lens uh, what is their need uh, not to just go cross sell the living heck out of them, but to to lead them into that in a highly digital way that that serves their needs.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I, I just I guess before we jump into citizens expansion uh, in general, I want to I want to ask another question about citizens pay. Um I think we published today that you've issued more than six $6 billion worth of of loans through this product. How does that compare size-wise, I guess, to some of the other lending that you guys are doing?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's relatively um, small still in the size of some of our other lending, mainly because it's, it's small ticket uh, uh, purchases. So even though it's, it might allow somebody to upsize their cart, uh, the reality is that it's still for smaller ticket items than say, refinancing an education or uh, a mortgage. And so from a dollar standpoint, but in terms of number of units, it's very substantial. It's probably one of our highest unit uh, originations in in the bank uh, on an annual basis. And we'd expect that it's just going to go and grow exponentially from here as we add new partners uh, to the platform. And uh, we have some pretty big launches uh, that we're, we're preparing to announce this year where we, we would anticipate that the, the number of units will grow and grow and grow. Uh, but, but, you know, as you look across the competitor set, uh, I still think it's, it's very substantial relative to some, some other competitors. Uh, they're getting a lot of, a, a lot of the attention in this, in the space right now.
0: Do you see some of those uh, monoline competitors moving into banking services? I guess the opposite direction from how you guys got into this space.
1: Yeah, we're we're seeing that already in some of the announcements, um, and we would expect that that's obviously the natural play as as you look to um, uh, monetize or commercialize the the customer base, uh, the network effect of at all. Uh, so we expect that that'll happen. Um, I think you have to have some really great capabilities and some distinctiveness uh, for people to pick you uh, for for that. And and I think we're all going to to race to see if we can provide that level of of high quality experience. Uh, but, but yes, that's, that's, that's a natural tendency. And, uh, you know, I think some have already announced some intent to, to do that.
0: Great. So, so maybe now is a good time to shift focus onto, um, the other hat that you wear, which is a broader hat. Um, can you talk about some of the initiatives you've embarked on, um, with citizens, citizens, I guess, over the past year in terms of that national expansion?
1: Yeah. So yeah, you you hit it earlier, which is you know there's there's one play um, which is the point of sale space. We're very excited. Um, it was a it was an area in in the 2015 2016 time period. Nobody was in it, um, and we decided let's venture there. And when you when you take a look at the the citizen story more generally, we also did that in a couple of other areas. Um, we went into education refinance, and while you had a couple of fintechs uh, in that space, we decided we would play too. And many banks were not playing uh, in, in that space and providing that service to customers. Uh, another is we decided to, to double down on mortgage uh, in, a, in a time period where a lot of banks were fleeing from mortgage mm-hmm. and it was being dominated again by fintechs or, or others because we thought we could do it better and, and smarter and cheaper uh, as, as we go forward. And so now now you look at that and you say, okay, well, we've created a lot of distinctive capability. How do we curate that entire experience to provide uh, a one-stop shop or one-stop capability to enable our customers, whether they come to us through a point-of-sale solution, which is a powerful entry in, or they come to us through refinancing their student debt um, and achieving, you know, lifetimes of savings, or they buy that first home. We want to be there uh, for customers, and we want to be there on a national level, um, but we, we also realize you can't just do that by saying, hey, we're a bank or a financial services provider pick us. Uh, you've got to create powerful experiences that are meaningful. And so that's what we're, we're working on is to t- try to figure out how um, you become much more in touch with how they want to live life. And you're there with them, uh, which will take us right back to the, the subject of, of this podcast, which is embed yourself in the products and services and the experiences that customers love. And uh, I think that's a winning strategy. And so that's where we're we're focused. Is we have all the capability, uh, and how to embed ourselves such that people can live life, and uh, we'll we'll help them take care of of much of the rest.
0: So, so what is what are the I guess um, form factors that that takes that idea of sort of following people along through their lives and being there when they need them when they need you.
1: Yeah. So I I think that the 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 powerful part of that is. First, understanding who's your target segment um, and how do you wanna how do you want to be there for them? And then picking the places where you, you know, and this could be through partnerships and other capabilities where, and, and you've covered this in, in some other podcasts that you've done, where customers are already going there. And you don't have to lead them to you. You mm-hmm. go live where they are. Uh, and you know, some of the powerful brands we're we're doing business with in the point mm-hmm. of sale space are powerful entries in. Uh, but but also looking for those those moments that matter and how to embed yourself in the products and services that people use uh, is going to be a large part of, of our national strategy as we go forward.
0: That's exciting. And, and are there concerns about, you know, the age old concern about becoming dumb pipes? Like, how, how do you address that to make sure that, you know, it's, it's a branded experience that people think of citizens as they use some of those other brands and engage in other experiences?
1: Yeah, I, I think the the component is you want to be uh, the entity that is creating the distinctiveness, not participating on the entity that's creating the distinctiveness. So um, that's absolutely the focus um, uh, of this. And to a certain degree, you, when when you create this phenomenon that you're there for them, uh, I think there are other platform plays uh, that that set up. Uh, as, as we think forward, again, we're we're still um, on the journey. We have the powerful things we need to do in the here and now, uh, but but the the future component of this is extremely exciting. And and I, I like to say, and and you cover this quite a bit, which is uh, the, the what what's before us is not as powerful as the things that we will um, seek to 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 learn and understand as everything unfolds. And, uh, I say to my team all the time, uh, what we don't know is more powerful than what we do know at the moment. Uh, so we just have to be ahead, you know, head looking out in the horizon. Uh, we have to be very thoughtful about that. We have to take a few bets, um, maybe more than a few, uh, mm-hmm. some will pay off. Some will, will end up scrapping. Uh, but, but that's, that's the whole uh, theory of this invention as we go forward.
0: So portfolio of bets, I, I, th- you know, to your credit and your team's credit, um, Forging ahead with not, not necessarily knowing what it's going to look like on the other end, I think, is, is, is very brave and very um, very future-oriented. And I, I guess, h- how deeply does that sort of run within the citizen's organization? Like, what you're embarking on, like how deep and, and broad is that within the entire company?
1: Yeah, it runs deep, although, you know, it, it starts with our CEO, uh, mm-hmm. who is very visionary in his own right. Ahead of our consumer bank, um, who you know, was in the, the founder of our POS uh, business here in, in Citizens Bank back in the 2015-2016 time period, and, and the great relationship we have, we have with Apple, and, and forging the relationship we have with Microsoft. Uh, and, and so really, really a visionary in his own right. And then throughout the entire organization, there's, there's a drumbeat of continual, continual invention uh, uh, and, and by the way, you have to also have an, and one of the things that holds a lot of organizations back is the, the state of their tech. Uh, we've, we've hired and we have a whole new capability of, of creating quickly, uh, prototyping into the marketplace, bringing things to, to market through APIs and microservices, unbundling a lot of the core legacy technology uh, that holds a lot of people back from doing what I described. And so it's, it's in the heart of, of that part of our organization, uh, the technology organization running, you know, side by side with our product managers. And then it also relies heavily on your data environment. Um, and so we've brought some great talent in uh, from a data perspective uh, because a lot, of, a lot of organizations are held back by their data uh, structure and the ability to, to do what we're talking about. And uh, once again, uh, that's a place that we've massively, massively invested in over the years. And so it runs deep. And it's it's a mentality. Now, now, here's the other thing. We don't have the luxury sometimes of of, um, you know, just making these bets and hoping that they'll pay off. We have to have some level of, of believability. Sure. And so we do a lot of testing uh, for from a believability um, factor uh, before we, we take it to market.
0: It's really interesting, Eric, as you say that, I'm thinking like what the future Citizens brand looks like. And, it, you know, obviously if you're talking about embedded experiences, it's, it's a lot different than what we've grown to think of as, as a bank. Um, mm-hmm. how, would, how would you describe, you know, what, given these bets that you're taking, these directional tested bets, um, like what does Citizens brand sort of represent a few years out from now?
1: Yeah, I, again, I'd go back to the, we, we in many respects, are a fintech inside of banking in the way we think and the way we operate. And it's proven out by the the big bets we've taken to date that have actually really paid off big uh, for us. And we have to continue those forward like point of sale and the citizen, citizens pay launch. Those are things that we started five years ago, uh, six years ago. And uh, those are the things that will propel us to, to be able to ne- make the next set of bets uh, as, as we go forward. I, I so i think we've got the proof points um, that that we're pretty good at in picking our places going to the white space in the market and making it come to life and it, we'll get a couple of things wrong uh, but I, hopefully we'll get more right uh in the in this tested set of bets and so from a from a standpoint i hope people um you know know us as a as a really um forward thinking uh company as they come to know us in that national brand uh that's empowering our, our B2B customers and our um, our consumers, uh, the consumer customers, in, in powerful ways to be able to to live life, and we help take care of the rest.
0: Sounds like we'll be hearing a variety of citizens' uh, press releases this year. Um, one last question, the remaining time we have: What was your professional New Year's resolution for 2021? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's a darn good question. Um, you know, the, the professional, uh, is, uh, to move even faster. Uh, I, uh, I wake up every single day anxious about the, the pace of change hmm. and the tipping points all around us. And as I look at the big set of bets, uh, being able to do that faster in a more agile fashion, uh, and then an- another, uh, professional bet or professional, uh, goal I think it was actually given to me by my wife. Is hey figured out how to be less anxious. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but 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 it's it's exciting. And uh, how do you how do you end up being one of the winners in these exciting times? Is is just the pace of play.
0: Eric, thanks for joining us on the Toshi Podcast today.
1: Yeah, thank you, Zach.